Hey, what's up, guys? You are back and tuned in to another episode of the Lizzie Jane podcast. I am so hyped to have Tapey's episode airing from the live podcast series that we did with Lunchbox Packs at Soul Fest at the beginning of May. I have been wanting to sit down and talk with Tapey for quite some time. We've missed each other in Denver. We finally made it happen in the middle of freaking Alabama. Um, if you are aware of who Tapey is, he's been on absolute fire. I really all the time talk about him in a light of bringing the SoundCloud good old days back with like the bootlegs and the flips and the remixes. And it was so awesome to learn a bit more about his journey. We're both from Florida. So definitely, you know, really cool to see another person really coming out of Florida pushing waves, doing his own thing, already headlining so many different venues. We talked about his creative process, his come up, so on and so forth, and so much more in between. This was such a cool episode because we had a crazy live audience who came to watch in the vending area, and it was just so sick. So without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into my podcast with special guest, Tapey. Hey guys, so lately I've seen a ton of larger shows I've been playing at that a lot of these festivals and venues are no longer allowing bags that are not clear. Well, guess what? Lunchbox Packs is coming in clutch again. They have just stepped up their anti-theft bags by releasing a fully clear hydration pack and snack pack. This is an absolute game changer for your summer festivals and events. Each bag is made out of TPU material that is incredibly durable, flexible, and made to not alter under extreme sun exposure over time. You also have the option to bring a skin in your bag on the way in, and once you're through that security line, you can zip on your skin for privacy of your belongings and to add some extra personalized fun flair. These hydration packs meet the majority of all festival regulations and guidelines. As always, these packs have all of the awesome anti-theft features as the original hydration and snack packs. Make sure you use code LizzieJane for $10 off any hydration pack and code LizzieJ for $5 off any snack pack. I will see you at the rave. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. So let's hop into it. Tape B, you are here. <laughs> yeah. Real life in the flesh. Can we make some noise for Tape B real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Love you. it. Live from Soul Fest. You have your set tomorrow. Are you excited? Very. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to play yet, but I'm very excited. I have an hour. So I've been doing a lot of hour and a half sets lately because a lot of the stuff has been like headline tours and like whatnot. So I got to figure out what I could fit into an hour now. <laughs> it definitely goes from like, Everybody, when I started, said the standard was like 35 to 45 songs in an hour. And then you get yeah. to that like 75 minute and then that 90 minute. And I feel like when you have 90 minutes as a DJ, you can really take people on a journey. 100%. Like that's like because I don't have to like think too hard about like fitting certain songs in. I can just like go with the flow and like not worry about anything and just 
like with an hour and a half, you don't, you know, you can just fit in a bunch of music. You can fit in so much. You can play your own discography. You can test out new whips and exactly. then you can play all the homies that like yeah. you love and you're supporting. Exactly. Like usually like the first like 10 minutes, it's like stuff I've made. And then after that, just like random songs, like homie songs, my songs. And then last 30 minutes, I usually just like save it for all like my melodic and like slower stuff just to like tone it down a bit so like when it does end everyone's like ready to go <laughs> and not like just like end it on like, like an absolute song, yeah like end it on an absolute bangers and like i don't know <laughs> i'd rather just like end it on something like slow and melodic are you gonna play your new uh skrillex bangerang flip tomorrow Dude, i so, heard that clip and yes, i was like yo yes, this yes. is so good I actually i'm so happy with it um on like we drove six hours to get here from orlando and i actually just finished it and i'm very 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 happy with it Woo! like I was very like, so for like the past like month or two, I just haven't really made anything I've been like proud of. And I was like, damn, like this kind of sucks. Like, did I lose it or what? And like, like I, I was, I would always like post clips of like stuff I was working on. I just like, was like, none of this is really clip worthy. But um, that one I just like made really quick before I left for like this weekend. I'm like, all right, like this is cool. Like it's hip hoppy. Like no one's done like anything with bangering like this yet. And then it was just like not really done yet. And like people were like, oh, are you going to play it at Soul Fest? Or are you going to play it in Orlando? And I was just like, uh, probably not. But I was like happy I got to finish it on the ride here because like I'm very happy with how it turned out. And it was just like so simple. But like y'all will see tomorrow. <laughs> well, I feel like your your project is this very unique thing in itself. I feel like you kind of embodied that SoundCloud era that no longer exists yeah. <laughs> where people used to make flips and bootlegs and remixes. And it would literally make their whole career. You know, you would get 100, 200 million exactly. plays on a bootleg or remix. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, you missed that, but you did bring it back in a sense. And Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's kind of like what I go for now. Like, it's just like the old SoundCloud era was like my favorite. And like the old like UKF, like 2012 era too. Just like that type of music is just like what I really liked listening to in high school and whatnot. So like being able to just like do that in my own like twist is just like really cool because I would love to play those songs out live, but playing the original just doesn't really hit as hard because people are expecting it. So being able to like just do it in my own style is fun because it just fits the set really well. And it's just like everything clicked after like I started doing like remixes and stuff too. Like two years ago, it's just like after doing a bunch of remixes that I just really liked, like songs like that I used to listen to, I felt like it just like a lot more people could relate because they were just like, oh, like I used to listen to these ASAP songs all the time or like I love Zed's Dead, like that collapse song was like amazing. And then like being able to put my own twist on it and like kind of revive it in some sense is just like a really cool feeling. And I love the way it like fits my sets now and like it's like made me who I am now. Absolutely. And I mean, it's definitely become your quote unquote thing. Exactly. And and then your originals have really shined through that on the other side, like yeah. the Yo, It's Tape B stuff and, and all the mixtapes and yeah. stuff. And it it really, your project kind of, it would say it, it's like a capsule of nostalgia because all the people who kind of started as ravers in their, you know, late teens, 18, 19, 20, we were hearing those bangers when we were 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And I think that no one has really stepped in the space of absorbing that old UKF, old Zed's Dead, old dubstep flux circus record sound. And you've done that to a T with a modern touch, yeah. you know, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's just like I just love that era. <laughs> and like it's just like so cool how it works with like the tape, too, because 
for the longest time, like I've been Tate B since like, like for eight years now, like I've been making music for a while and it just like never really made any sense. Like I was thinking about changing my name a bunch of times and I was like, what am I like doing with this? And then like after I played this set, um, like in Tampa, like two years ago, I just remember being so frustrated with myself. I was like, this isn't me. Like, why did I play like these certain songs? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what am I doing? So I just like went home and like reevaluated everything. And I'm like, why do I do this? Like, what do I actually like listening to? And then that's when it kind of like clicked. And I'm like, I was just going through like old like UKF stuff on YouTube. And I'm like, I should just try remixing these songs. Like, why not? So that night when I got back, I remixed uh, Eyes on Fire and For the Kill and Gold Dust all on the same night. And I was like, damn, like. I just did that. <laughs> you know, then, like, you yeah. know, when you're in the DAW and you're like, wow, I just struggled to finish, you know, a minute in the last month or in the last yeah. two months. And you're like beating your head against the wall. Exactly. And then something hits and you're like, you know, your significant other, your best friend yep. comes over and they're like, wait, you did that all in 12 hours. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that hit. That was it. That's it just me. clicked in that moment. And ever since that day, I'm like, I knew exactly what to do. I'm like, well, like cassette tapes are nostalgic. Like, and like be, the B side of stuff is just like the other side of like, like, I just think of it, like, as a remix, kind of, like, the B-side of stuff. Because, like, you have your A-side, which is, like, the original. And then, like, Tate B being, like, the nostalgic, like, remix side of it. So it all just started making sense after I started releasing the remixes. And I'm like, oh, like, I can actually, like, see where I'm going with this now. And after that, it just, like, was so easy to work on music. Because I was just, like, like... Yeah, it, it just made sense from there. And, you know, touching on, like, the eight years, I think a lot of people thought you came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, I, I get why people think that because, like, sometimes I see someone and I'm, like, where'd that person come from? And I'll, like, look through their Insta and I'm, like, well, they've been doing it for a while. Like, damn, like, good for them. But, like, I yeah, like, I feel like that's something people always just think. But, yeah, I've been doing it uh, for eight years now, pretty much. Like, I started on uh logic because one of my friends just came over like after high school one day and was like you want to make a beat on GarageBand?" band i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> so uh he downloaded on my computer we made one i'm like this is so cool so uh i would just like make some here and there and then once i graduated uh like senior year um got over to ucf and then i got a scholarship and i kind of just blew it all at guitar center on <laughs> 2k arcades and I audio interface and like a little dj board because i was like i want to do this like this is fun so, um, yeah, and then ever since that day, I just make music every day, like, at home. Like, I would go out, like, with friends and stuff, like, whenever I could. But it was mainly just, like, college was kind of just, like, me waiting till Tate B was good enough so I could do Tate B. And it all just worked out perfectly because, like, by the time I graduated in 2019, uh, like, December, um, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't, like, I really want to take music seriously, but, like, I had, like, a job lined up, and I'm, like, I'm not going to have any time for it, and then around the same time, corona happened, and I was, like, I had to move back home because I had lost my job, I couldn't get the other one, and I just, like, I, I was, like, all right, whatever, I guess I'm moving back, and then I told my parents, I'm, like, all right, just please give me one year, like, this is all I want to do, like, if I don't have any progress with it, just, like, I'll do whatever, like, y'all want, like, I'll get the job or whatever, but, like, let me just try this out, and then, they're like, yeah, whatever. And then after like a year went by, like 2021, pretty much 20. Yeah, 2021. It's like, like it started doing like pretty well. And I'm like, all right, like, it's done like really well now. I'm like, just give me one more year. And I guarantee it'll be way better now after that. So it was just like, it was it was a fun time though. I like it was never really a struggle. Like I was just like at home, just always just like making beats, just like doing me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's, it's cool, because I think a lot of people 
don't realize the time that you have to really devote yourself and you have to put like yeah. one foot all the way in or two feet all the way in it's to really try it. And it's too. a mentality. Cause you got to convince yourself like that's who you are too. Cause like for the longest time, like it just took so like, I kind of convinced myself that it's Burke working for Tate B. Cause like I work very well for other people and I feel like I've always been like that. And just like, I had to get in like the mindset where I'm like, this is Burke working for Tate B. So like if you put like 12 hours, like a shift, like bar, bar backing for people, like the least you can do is just work six hours hard for yourself. If you can like convince yourself to work like that. So once I got in like that mindset, like the work ethic, like helped a lot too. And like everything just started like working out smoother. Like I was banging out songs a lot faster and just, um, everything made a lot more sense because I was just like taking it a lot more seriously. And I'm like, this is me. This is like what I want to do. Well, time batching and like time management is so, so, so important. Still and, working on that. And it's so important. And especially when you throw in as much, as many shows and as much touring as you're currently doing, it's so much of how do I balance myself, continue to build tape B, have Burke all in one and still have time for life experience and time to do fun shit that can make you really appreciate what you're privileged to do every single day. And as far as like your workflow goes, like take us in the DAW, what DAW do you use? Um, I use Ableton. I used mm -hmm. Logic for like four years um, when I was like first starting. But then once I switched over to Ableton, it was just like everything just clicked a lot easier. The workflow is astounding. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of want to try a new DAW though, just because like I'm bored of Ableton now. And I feel like keeping stuff fresh is like always just like a cool way to like inspire yourself and just be excited about stuff like for example like the day i got a sub my music just got so much better after that because i was just like inspired and i was like had something new to like work with even like a new plugin could do the same thing or just like like a random little thing even like changing up your room like or something oh i love the layout changes the layout changes yeah. are always a like you always feel on top of it. Take exactly. a bunch of Adderall, clean your room. You know, you're on top of everything. You're <laughs> like, I'm conquering the world. And then you kind of approach things with a fresh mindset. Um, I would say on the back end of like your production and your workflow, are you like a pretty hands-on person? What do you mean? Like, I'm going to suggest for you to go to Reason. Have you ever heard of Reason as far as a dog? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think my friend over Thomas over there used it for quite a bit. Yeah. Reason's an interesting dog. You really yeah. want to spite. Like, that's what like... <laughs> Virtual Riot, Funk Case, like Flux Pavilion, they all started in Reason. And some yeah, of them still I've use seen it. Some Very Flux UK. I've been using it actually. So that's, I got to try that out. I was thinking FL because I like like the trappy stuff on there. That's for hip hop. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's like, like, I feel like more shit. of my style. But I mean, I'm open to trying everything at the end of the day. It's very cool because they're kind of all different things, but they all speak the same language. And, but at the same time, Ableton just has so, I mean, every DAW has an infinite amount of things that you can do. Yeah. As far as like working in Ableton, do you kind of draw your inspiration? Obviously, from a lot of these bootlegs and flips, um, do you start with sound design? Do you start with a melody? You know, do you um, watch a movie? Like, like where's that inspiration usually coming from? It's very random. Like, it happens out of nowhere most of the time because, like, I'll just hear like one sound and I'm like, oh, like, it's it usually just starts with one sound or like like something I just really like and I'm like oh I could so do something with that and then I'll just start from there but um a lot of the times I'll start with drums first and just like think of a really like cool drum pattern that I've like liked recently whether it's like trap or dubstep and um start with that and then from there uh try to like go into serum or like go through splice and just find some like cool sounds to like 
put over it. And like once something like clicks, like it's usually the click really. Like once something clicks in my head where I'm like, I could so do something with that, then that's when it starts like happening. But up until that, I'm kind of just like dropping like acapellas in or just like random things in until I'm like, oh wait, like I could like do something with that. I love it. Um, Going back to what we were kind of discussing before hopping into this conversation, you told me you were born in Turkey. Yes. Um, How did you get to the United States? And once you got to the United States, at what point in your life were you like, I love EDM. This is what (laughs) I want to fucking do. Um, So I moved here when I was like three. My parents won like the visa lottery thing and they were just like, we're moving. So um, we moved to Broward, somewhere in Broward for like a year. And then I lived in Boca for like the rest of my life after that. But um, it was like, like, like that was all like easy and whatnot. But uh, music. Um, so like fifth grade, that's like when my parents got like uh, you or like a computer for like the house or whatever, and I would just like go on YouTube and just like go on Vivo all the time and like listen to like rap. I was like always downloading like Lil Wayne and Gucci on my like little Razor flip phone and just showing people like in like like literally fifth grade and sixth grade, just like and they were just like these kids have never heard of this shit before. And they were just like, what is this? This is hard. <laughs> and then that's what I like do. I like just like sharing music with people in general. But um, after that, like in middle school, um, that's when I just like, I don't really remember how I found EDM, but like, I just remember listening to Glitch Mob a lot and like that sort of style. And I was really into like Glitch Mob and like, just like the wubby stuff, but like, it wasn't like hard dubstep. And then um, eventually like got into I, did, I got into gloving because I thought it looked cool. Like, all my friends got gloves, and I was like, what? And then I would watch, like, the YouTube videos Amazing Lights would put out of, like, like the Nebula set and whatnot. And oh they would just God, have, like, six songs this. behind it. And I'm like, dude, these songs are fucking cool. Like, like how do I find these? And then uh, eventually I found, like, UKF, and I would just, like, go through, like, YouTube for hours every day just, like, trying to find, like, cool music I liked. And that's, like, when I, like, knew I liked it. But at the time, I didn't, like, consider it dubstep. I didn't know, like, genres. It was just, like, music. It was just music. Yeah, like, it never was, like, that's rap. That's this. It was just, like, artists kind of, like, I really like this artist. Like, that artist's really cool, too. Like, I like this guy's sounds and, like, whatnot. And then that's kind of how, like, I got into all that. But then um, I think my first, like, festival – or so my first show, actually – was uh, in high school, I snuck into Asking Alexandria and Borgor and Hollywood yes! Undead. And I had no idea what was going on at the time. I was just an Asking Alexandria fan. And then Borgor got on and played his like chopped and screwed uh, EP thing for like Asking Alexandria. And I was All like, the girls are like naked on stage. Yeah. And then that's yeah. when he had Nympho too. And like that had just come out. And I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> like, And then uh, that was like my first show ever. And then after that, I went to Life in Color when they had like the two day event. The lineup for that was insane. It was like Diplo, Zed's Dead, Carnage, Juicy J, Adventure Club. That was my first festival. We're probably around the same age. (laughs) Borgor was my first concert. I was a metalhead. I was so (laughs) disgusted. I was like, what is this? I don't know if I can handle this. And then I was taken to the RL Grime Void Tour and I fell in love. And then Life in Color. I went when I was underage with fake ID (laughs) and it was like insane. Yeah, no, that that was a really cool time. And I just remember like, that was like what really got me just going to festivals after that. Cause I, was, I just had such a fun time, like with friends and whatnot that I was like, like, why not just do this? Like whenever there's a cool festival around, uh, I like the music and whatnot. So uh, after that, it was kind of just that. And then sunset music festival and then EDC like later on, but it was just like a switch between like 
that and then sunset for a while. And then sunset was like where I was like, all right, I really like this because I went in 2015 and it was just like Tiesto, Skrillex, Skrillex fuck, like Dubs, Showtech. Like at the time, I was just such a fanboy of all that stuff. And it was so perfect. Like the lineup could not have been better at the time for me. So that was very inspiring, too. And that was when I was just like, all right, yeah, I love this. <laughs> You, and and kind of like when you know, you know, and then it's like, okay, yeah. I used to think a festival would pop out of a box and now like kind of just like a wind up toy box. And then like the festivals there, yeah. Sunset Festival was like my second festival year I graduated high school. Yeah. And now I have so much respect for so much that goes into even, you know, throwing festivals this size all yeah. the way to an SMF or a Bonnaroo or an E-Forest. And yeah, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of work and us as artists being able to come in and out and play for people who have worked <laughs> yeah, so hard is, is, is a blessing. <laughs> it's so a blessing. The flights are, you know, the bare minimum of what we have to suffer yeah, through. Exactly. Um, you know, on the back end of the tapey project, when did you kind of feel like you started seeing just traction from these bootlegs and these remixes you kind of have this outer body experience where you're like wait is this actually happening yeah so that was a funny day um i was just like in college i had just like made this candy flip remix of a a flip of uh this like slushy song that had just come out and um i like just made like a weird like hip-hop type of like twist on it and i was just like chilling at home one day we were all just mooking uh which is like weed and tobacco and just like out of a bong <laughs> and I was just like fried sitting on the couch and I got a not- notification on my phone like Trap Nation posted on their story and I like look at it and I'm like uh, bot account <laughs> and I just like went back to bed and like was chilling for a bit and a couple hours went by and I'm like sitting there and I'm like all right like I gotta check this again and I'm like going through and I'm like oh no like I think this is legit and I go on their YouTube and they had uploaded it and i'm like no way i'm like running around my house and like trap nation uploaded it like i'm like let's go and i was just like so happy about it and that gave me enough motivation to just like just go for it and i'm like all right like if that happened like i could do anything kind of so i just like started working harder and harder on stuff and i was like i'm gonna send music to this label first and then after that like hopefully like this label will like it and then it'll like reach these people and like it just like all ended up working out after that day it, it definitely ended up working out it's just like a snowball effect kind of i just like kept but that's how it happens like every i haven't stopped like pretty much like since that day i've been releasing music like every month or so um just like trying your musical much. output is insane <laughs> but i can tell that you sit down sometimes and what you said at the beginning of the conversation, yeah. you'll go through three bootlegs in one night. <laughs> yeah. And when you get that formula down and you're flowing, you don't want to walk away from the dog. Exactly. You just want to sit and finish it. Cause like when you're in that zone, like there's no better place to be. Like, it's just like, and it's hard to get into that zone most of the time too. So like when I realized like, all right, like stuff's flowing right now, like just sit as long as possible until I'm like, all right, like I got to go eat food or something. <laughs> you're like I haven't peed in like two days. Yeah, pretty much for me. It's the food part. I just forget to eat most of the time. Cause like I'll like literally get up produce and then like, it'll be like 2 PM and I'm like, dude, I haven't even seen sunlight yet. And then, um, the, go, the time like, it's like you're in a casino it's like the time yeah, just pretty goes, much, by like, and goes by dude like lately i've been so hard on myself like because like i i don't have a week off from january to january so monday through thursdays i just like try to produce as much as i can and i ca- i like for the past month like i have not seen sunlight like 
from Monday to like Wednesday, I'll kind of just like sit at home the entire day. And then like once it's like eight, I'm like, oh, well, damn, it's dark out. Like, what do I do like now? And then like, you have to find <laughs> balance. Yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm getting a face. lot better about it now. Like I've like realized I should. So I'm going to work on it. <laughs> like go take your I computer like, to the I beach. I just like making music. I don't know. There's nothing else I really like doing other than going to the beach. Uh, other than that, like besides music, I really like snorkeling. And like just like laying out in the sun of the beach. Other than that, and like bike, I, I got a bike like a month ago, and I just bike around. That's like my cardio for the day. I just like try thirty to, minutes a day. Get yeah, sunlight. Literally thirty right minutes a day. Inside. Exactly. That's what I try to do, and it just gets the joints going, makes my back feel better. So at least I'm doing something. <laughs> I love it. Well, as you said, you have dates. Oh my god, every weekend from January to January. Oh, I love it though. Like, You're in month five. That's all I wanted to do. So I love it. Like. Once I find the balance too, like I, I like it, it's still like I'm not like I don't feel exhausted at all. Like I just know like as long as like I just prioritize sleep and like eating healthy, it'll be fine. Like I tested out on some weekends and like now, like pretty much when I get to a show, instead of like hanging out with people or just like doing anything else, I'll just like make sure like immediately get Uber Eats, eat something and then just fall asleep. And like lately, I didn't realize how exhausted I was until like these past couple shows like for example I'll, I'll get in at like three It'll get to the hotel at four you. and then like the other day i literally slept from five to eleven i thought i missed my set and i was like i woke up drenched and i was just like holy shit i'm like i guess i really needed that so after that um i just try to sleep a lot more now <laughs> oh sleep is very important sleep oh i love it before life. all this too like my favorite thing to do is sleeping <laughs> so like <laughs> i'm a big nap person oh, so i'm all big. for the naps <laughs> Big. <laughs> big. Okay. So obviously you have a bunch of shows coming up. Heard you have some really big announcements on the horizon yes, that are yes. very, very exciting. So everybody's definitely got to keep an eye out. Yes. A lot. Um, <laughs> do we have some new music on the way that we can look out for? A ton. Um, so next month or so this month, Circus Records coming out the collab with Conrank. Uh, next month, dropping an EP on my favorite label uh, four songs of like my best stuff yet, I think. And one of them I've been holding on to for like, I feel like two years now. And I think it's still my best song I've made. It's just like a really cool house song, but it's like still me. Like you'll like, I think it'll, it'll just like open up like my new project too, where like I do tech fee on the side. So like after parties, I've decided Did like, that in Denver, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was the only time I've ever done it, and it was still one of the best sets I've ever had. Like, I just enjoyed it so much. The crowd was amazing, and, like, everyone seemed like they were having fun. So I feel like it'll be a good segue into that whole uh, side of, like, what I'm trying to do. Because I, I really like House. Like like I was saying, like, Tiesto, Showtech, and all that were, like, my favorites back then. So, like, um, I, I like being able to, like, also do that and, like, not hold myself back to, like, just anything else. And then after that... Um, I'm working on, so I have like my drip tapes, mixtapes that I do like once a year um, with like five rap songs that I'm really excited about. Um, I don't know when that's coming out. I'm, I kind of just like work on stuff until I'm happy with it. There's no like really set date. But like once I'm like, I got the five songs I really want and I'm like, this is perfect. I'll go get artwork done for it and then I'll just release it like the next week. <laughs> but uh, after this year, I'm going to start something new, too. I don't want to release uh, solo dubstep remixes anymore, like like the UKF stuff I was doing. So instead, I'm just going to make it a mixtape where I do the same thing as drip tapes, but uh, dubstep instead. And it's just like the all the old uh, dubstep remixes I do, but five of those instead. And then I'll probably do like Bangarang and like Crave You and like 
all those other ones. And like, it'll be like a cool, like, just like, I just love the concept of mixtapes with like tapey and stuff. So I just wanted to get more into that. It's it's so you. I mean, it's em- pretty much like everything. It embodies like the whole kind of again tape B in like yeah. <laughs> a circumference, and it's and it's great. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. This yeah, was lovely course. to get to yeah, know you. I'm so time. glad we got to do this. <laughs> Same. All here. right, shout out audience. Thank you guys for joining us. Yep, thank you. Make sure to uh, tune in to his set tomorrow and keep of an course. eye out. I don't know what time, but I'll be here. <laughs> Let's go. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye.